everybody, and welcome back to I Just Want to Talk About the Bible. If this is your first time with us today, then let me just welcome you and say that I'm very glad that you're here. My name is Christian Keeter, and I live in the southeast of the United States of America with my amazing, beautiful, godly wife, Lacey, and our two wonderful daughters, Felicity and Serenity. We're going to begin today by looking at a passage of scripture that for many of you is a very, very familiar passage. Um, it's, it's a passage that no doubt many of you have read many times over and possibly even heard many sermons on. This is an account from the Bible that finds itself in children's Bibles and other other things like that as well. And before we actually get into what I'm talking about specifically, I do just want to say that the more familiar we are with something the easier it can be to kind of shut our minds off when we read it or when we hear it. Um, it's It just happens without us realizing it, but, you know, we just kind of fall into this thing where we just stop stop really thinking about what it is that we're reading or what, what we're hearing, and without realizing it, we might start to think, oh, yeah, I know that already. And so I just want to say, you know, there's the Lord, there's always more for the Lord to show us. There, we're never going to um, plumb the depths of, everything in his word. And, and there's always fresh insights that the Holy Spirit can give us. There's always new um, applications that he can show us for our lives. And so I just want us to come to this time with an open heart, with open ears, and just you know ask the Lord and say, Lord, please speak to me right now. Please speak to me. Let me hear from you. Please show me what it is that you want me to see from this. So the passage that we are talking about today is the account of Peter and Jesus whenever Jesus is walking on the water and then Peter comes out of the boat and walks with him on the water, at least briefly. Um, This is, like I said, it's a pretty familiar passage. And last episode, episode 48, Five Loaves and Two Fish, was about the feeding of the 5,000. And then this account um, takes place right after that, takes place immediately after it. And that's not something that I planned. Um, I, Whenever I was recording last week's episode, I, I didn't sit down and say, okay, and next week we're going to do this. And even when I was preparing for this, I I wasn't with Peter and Jesus on the water. Like that wasn't even like where I had in my mind to go. But as I prayed and sought the Lord, I really felt strongly that he re- led me to this. And so so we're picking up pretty much right where we left off um, from, uh, from the feeding of the 5,000 from last week. And so we're going to be in Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22. And so, like I said, let's get into this. Let's not be like, okay, let's not think ahead in the story, because if you're really familiar with it, it's like, okay, you can think from start to finish. It's like, no, let's just walk through this together and let's experience it together. Let's just let this, let, you know, let the story unfold before us. And again, keep our hearts open to the spirit of God. So I'm going to read and uh, pause along the way and offer some commentary. So beginning in Matthew 14, 22, it says, Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. Now, let me pause. That was verse 22. So this is what crowds? This is right after the feeding of the 5,000. And so this, when it says immediately, this is right after that. So resuming in verse uh, 23, And after he had dismissed, uh, dismissed the crowds, He went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. So Jesus dismisses the crowd. He goes up on this mountain to pray, and the disciples are sailing across the sea. And then it's just, it's a a stormy night. There's this, it's very windy. It says that, um, let me look exactly at the wording here. It says uh, that the wind was against them. 
And in Mark's recounting of this same account uh, and the same event here in Mark verse or chapter six, verse 48, it says that they were making headway painfully. And so it's just, it's, it's, they seem to be going against the wind. It's just a very, very difficult um, trek across the sea here. And uh, Jesus is up on this mountain alone. And so then let's resume in verse 25. It says, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. So let's pause the fourth watch of the night. That would be between three and 6 a.m. And so let's just pause with that detail and let that sink in. It just shows a little bit more of, of, of how difficult of a circumstance this was. They're, you know, caught in the middle of this storm. It is between 3 and 6 a.m. They're probably exhausted. And then here comes Jesus walking on the water. Now, this is a fine time for me to say there are so many things that we could talk about regarding this account. There are many, many directions we could go and many things that we could draw out. And uh, and and that would be really good. But there, there are just a few key things that I that I feel like we need to see today. Um, and so I, I do say there are certain aspects of this I'm skimming over, but Jesus comes walking to them on the water. Again, we hear this so many times, like just familiarity again, we're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember this, but he was walking on the water. The very thing that, you know, they were afraid was kind of like destroy them. They're, they're fighting against this storm was under his feet. The chaotic waters these dangerous, chaotic waters are under Jesus's feet. He's walking on them and he's, he's not panicked. He's not afraid. And so they, they see him walking on the water. So resuming in verse 26, it says, um, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. (laughs) And so that's verse 26 there. And so you gotta, you gotta sympathize with them a little bit. They've clearly had a, they've had a rough night. And it's been a rough time. It's this bad storm. It's late in the night. They're probably all soaking wet and exhausted. And it's just this, the wind is blowing against them. It is a it is a rough night. And then to look up, <laughs> I just I mean it's just like okay, how how could things possibly get worse? Up oh, there's a ghost. <laughs> they all start freaking out. And so it's a uh, it, it's just again it's like if you let the stories kind of unfold in front of you, it's like man, like. These, these guys, this was, this was, this was a tough day. And so then Jesus, of course, it says, but G, uh, beginning in verse, or I'm sorry, resuming in verse 27, it says, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It is I do not be afraid. Verse 28. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you command me to come to you on the water, he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Let's pause there. That was through verse 29. And like I said, there's a lot of stuff from this account, like a lot that we could discuss that I'm just kind of skimming over because there's, again, just a couple things I'm really trying to get to here. But this is incredible. You know, Jesus tells Peter to come out of the boat and Peter begins to walk on the water with Jesus. This actually happened. This is not some like story with some sort of moral. No, this is, this is a real life event that actually happened. So, okay, resuming in verse 30 here, it says, but when he, talking about Peter, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. So that's through verse 33. 
So let's ask this question. Why did Peter sink? Why did he sink? Why did Peter begin to sink under the water? You might say, um, well, it was because he, he was afraid there. It says in verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And so you could say, well, you know, there it says right there, he was afraid and then it says beginning to sink. And so I would say, yes, that's part of it. But I would say fear, being afraid there was actually just a symptom of the real reason that he began to sink. So why did he sink? Well, you know, Jesus answers that question for us in in what Jesus says to him in verse 31. So let's reread verse 31. It says, Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And so he said to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And notice this is in the context of Jesus reaching out his hand and pulling him up out of the water. And so this is and this is obviously connected to Peter's sinking. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And so why did Peter why did Peter sink? Well, it was doubt. And what is doubt the opposite of? Dot, uh, doubt is the opposite of, of faith, the opposite of trust, right? And so and that is also why he felt fear. He also felt he felt fear because of of the doubt, of the um, the lack of faith, the lack of trust in the Lord, of course. And so you know you could you think of it like this. And this is how historically I've thought about this, and the Lord just kind of added a new layer. When Peter's eyes were on Jesus, and not not on the circumstances, but when his eyes were on Jesus, the very thing that was previously a threat to him, the, the tumultuous sea, was under his feet, just like it was under Jesus' feet. But when he took his eyes off of Jesus and began to look at the circumstances that um, that were threatening, um, frightening circumstances, um, all these things, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, he began to sink. And the fear there, the fear where it says he was afraid, again, that was just a symptom. That was a result of the lack of faith. That was a result of the doubt. That's not what made him sink. That was a result of the thing that led to him sinking. And so I hope that you see um, the distinction there. I hope that you see that fear, fear wasn't the ultimate issue here. Fear was a symptom of the issue, which was a lack of trust, a lack of faith. It was doubt. And so this is very, very important. And there's a few things, there's a, and we're going to, man, there's so much stuff I want to talk about this. So <laughs> there are a couple things I just want to point out. And so the first question is this, like, what, where does doubt happen? This might seem like a silly question, but where does doubt happen and where does trust happen? Um, now I'll say doubt and trust can be seen by what we do. Like if we, you know, if we trust the Lord, then we're going to, um, behave certain ways. It's going to affect our life. It's going to affect our behavior and same with doubt and, and not trusting the Lord and, and so on. But, but where do these things take place? They're internal. They take place in our mind. Doubt, faith, trust, these are all internal things that lead to other things. They, they lead to um, external things, you know, how, how we live our lives, the decisions that we make. Like James says, faith without works is dead. And so, like, if we have faith in God, that's going to manifest itself in our um, behaviors. And but, but my point is this. This begins in the mind. It begins in the mind, and this leads to other things. And so, let me tell you one thing that, uh, okay, and let me just say, this is this is going to start at some point sounding like recent episodes we've done. For example, um, episode 44, which is called the renewal of our minds. But let me just say this. Our emotions are connected to our thoughts. Like I said here, Peter's fear 
was connected to this lack of faith, this lack of trust. This, and so that was connected to his, that is, to his thoughts there. So the fear he was feeling was connected to his thoughts. And so how can we say that for sure? Well, let me, now let's just think of it like this. Jesus is there. He's on the water. The very, you know, this storm is underneath Jesus's feet. If Peter had thought in that moment, and well, if he had thought in that moment, you know, Jesus is walking on the water and he is more powerful than this storm. He sees me and he's here with me in this. And because it's under his feet, you know, he's, he can carry me through as well. And, and I, I don't need to fear if like those, those sorts of thoughts of like, um, trust and faith had been his thoughts, then that, I, that those sorts of thoughts wouldn't lead to fear. Those sorts of law, thoughts would lead to, you know, peace and things like that. And so, I mean, my point is this, what's my point is that the emotions that we feel are connected to thoughts and therefore, it's good to examine the emotions that we feel because they can actually be indicators of the thoughts we're thinking in areas of our life where we're not trusting the Lord. And so I hope that that's clear. Um, you know, uh, just let me just throw in Isaiah 26.3 here, which says, You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Do you see the connection here? Like it's uh, the words mind, peace, and trust are all present in this one verse. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That is such a clear example of what I'm talking about here. Trusting in the Lord and focusing our minds on him it's, you know, it leads to this peace. This, to use Isaiah's terminology, perfect peace. And so we see this is another passage where we see the emotions that we feel directly connected to our trust in the Lord and our focus on Him, and our focus on the truth here. And so let me give you an example from my own life, um, just about what we're talking about here today. Even this example is from this week, actually. So um, today is Thursday, October 13th, 2022. And in addition to recording this podcast today, tomorrow and Saturday, I'll be speaking at Mentoring Men for the Master, um, giving the lesson there. And that the, the content for all three of these lessons is the same. It's the same content. Um, but earlier this week, I sat down to try to prepare the lesson. I had a very general idea of where to go, but it was very general, very incomplete. And as I sat to work on it, it was like trudging through mud. It was awful. And the little bit of progress that I did make, the few lines I did jot down, they, just, they were no good. It was just like, I, no, I was like, this is just not going well. And so as, um, as that day went on, uh, anxiety, worry, frustration, um, feelings like that began to grow began to increase. So um, uh, later that day, um, Lacey and I had the opportunity to go on a date and uh, my mom took our daughters Felicity and Serenity to Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A is of course the holiest of all fast food restaurants. So Lacey and I went to get sushi and I shared with her how I was feeling, how this anxiety um, was coming in as a result of all this. And, and guys, it was crippling. Like I, I physically felt my insides tightening. It, it wasn't like, yeah, I'm a little worried. It's like, no, it was just like Peter where it's like, he's sinking and it's like, Lord save me. It was, it was that feeling. It was just like, I, I feel like I'm sinking beneath this and it is just like a wave crashing over me. My body is physically responding to the intensity of this emotion. And, and, uh, and so I was feeling really, really stressed about this, really anxious. And, um, and so Lacey and I were talking about it and the, and so, and she reminded me of the truth. 
Because here's the thing. These emotions that I'm describing, anxiety, stress, uh, the irritability, things like that, that's kind of we're, we're spilling over kind of from this, um, they were, uh, they didn't come out of nowhere. They they didn't originate from nowhere. No, it originated from how I was perceiving these circumstances. It was a result of my assessment of this lesson prep and the lack of progress and the stress about not getting it done, the, the, the worry about not having progress, the realization that Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are coming and I'm going to need to share something. You know what I mean? So just all that sort of stuff was, was weighing on me. And so I'm thinking about all those sorts of things. Um, in a manner of speaking, I, uh, I, like Peter, uh, started paying attention to kind of the circumstances, the, 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 the wind and the waves. So, um, but then Lacey reminded me of the truth and she reminded me of this truth. And the truth is I don't need to sit down and quote, prepare a good lesson. I just need to hear from the Lord and share what he shows. That's what I need to do. I don't need to sit down and try to crank out some, um, some content, just pull it out of thin air. It's like, no, my responsibility is to hear from God and then share what he says. And that is the truth. And the truth is this. The truth is, like it says in James, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. It's like, the the, the truth is this. If I ask God for wisdom and say, Lord, you know, you've called me to teach. What do you want me to say? He's not going to leave me hanging. He's going to give me wisdom. If I ask him, if I ask in faith, if I if I come to him and you know seek that wisdom from him, absolutely, and and he's the one who you know um, I believe he's the one who's called me to teach in the first place, and so if he's told me to do this, then he will um, show me what to say. Now that's a specific uh, circumstance, that's a specific example, specific to my own life, but I hope you can see how the principles from that example apply across the board. Where it's like I was thinking a certain way. I was thinking a certain way, and um, and that thinking was not based in um, in just the truth. I was just looking at certain circumstances and getting really anxious about it and coming to conclusions and worrying about um, having to finish this lesson and things like this. It's like, but no, I needed to be informed with the truth. And, um, and Lacey reminded me of the truth, and then the next day I, I reached out um, uh, to some additional people for, for prayer as well. And then uh, as a result of all of this, you know, closing the laptop and opening the Bible, seeking the Lord and really praying and worrying less about, um, Oh God, what should I say? You know, like what, 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 what's the, you know, and just really saying, okay, Lord, please speak to me because I want what I share in these podcasts to first be deposited in my own heart. I don't want to come here and just like share again. I don't want to share just good thoughts. It's like, no, I want to share from a place of being transformed myself and say, Hey guys, let me tell you what God has done like, let me share this with you because I know he's done it me. He can do it in you. And so I was reminded of the truth. And it was in the context of, of that, that, you know, the Lord really led me to this passage in Matthew 14 with Peter on the water, which is not where I was going to go. But, you know, up until that point, it felt like I was sinking. It felt like I was sinking. But just again, as a side note, that I want to get back on track here. I'm so thankful that our savior, that, you know, going back to the, the account with Peter, when Peter sank, you know, and Peter sank the when he began to doubt, when he when his trust wavered, when his faith wavered, and he began to sink, and he uh, to, when he began to when he began to sink, and then he cried out, "Lord, save me!" It says immediately Jesus, you know, reached out and grabbed him, so that even when we're sinking and we just the, those desperate pleas, those desperate cries, it's like Jesus reaches out and grabs us. 
So just important. So my, my point with that is just this, you know, we, we really need to pay attention to what we think about. And so note this, note what I'm about to say, because this is very important. In fact, I want to say it multiple times. If we don't control our thoughts, they will control us. That's what was happening to me earlier. My thoughts were beginning to control me. I was beginning to fall into my, my, these thoughts I was thinking, these worries, I, it was leading to worry and anxiety and fear and all these sorts of things. And so I've shared in this, on this podcast before, there's been plenty of times where I feel like I've, you know, I've really struggled with things like anxiety and worry and fear. And it has felt like, you know, sinking beneath the waves very much like with Peter, but those, those times it's because my thinking was off. I wasn't on some level trusting the Lord. I wasn't preaching his word to myself. I wasn't reminding myself of the truth, which, um, by the way, uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about declarations on this podcast before. That's that's the whole logic of declarations. I'm going to remind myself of the truth of God's word over and over and over again. I'm going to keep it in front of me. In fact, let me share one with you, um, a declaration that I wrote that's kind of relevant to what we're talking about here today that I haven't shared on this podcast before because just in case it you know encourages somebody. I wrote, I wrote, uh, my emotions are not intrinsically trustworthy and I am not led by them. Rather, it is the Lord and his word that govern my thoughts and actions. And the scripture I have associated that with uh, with that is Philippians 4.8. And we're going to come back to that uh, Philippians 4.8 later in this podcast episode. But let me reread this. My emotions are not intrinsically trustworthy and I am not led by them. Rather, it is the Lord and his word that govern my thoughts and actions. And so uh, remember, our emotions are going to stem from what we're thinking. And so it's uh, it can be helpful almost to uh, work backwards. Where it's like, if we can't identify what we're thinking, a lot of times we can identify what we're feeling. It's like, okay, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling tense. I'm feeling worried. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling scared or whatever, you know, just any example. And then just to start asking myself the question of, well, why? It's a little bit of hard work. But to ask yourself the question, why, and to ask God to give you wisdom, say, Lord, why, why am I feeling this? You know, why am I, am I feeling this way? Um, but, but like I said, if we don't control our thoughts, they will control us. Uh, Romans 12, 2 is a passage that we looked at in episode 44 of this podcast. And uh, Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He says to be transformed by what? By the renewal of your mind. Transformation and the renewal of our minds is connected. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very connected. In fact, uh, in, in let me flip over to uh, Ephesians Chapter four, really quickly, um, Ephesians four, um, it's, I'm, I'm starting halfway through a sentence here, but beginning in verse 22, Paul says to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness, um, putting off the old self and putting on the new, um, that process is connected to being, um, being, uh, renewed in the spirit of our minds. And, you know, my mother-in-law, um, Lacey's mom, one thing that she says, she says, the most important decision you'll ever make is to follow Jesus. And the second most important decision you'll ever make is to renew your mind. This thing of renewing our mind, it's a, uh, it just, it, I, our thoughts are going to affect every area of our lives. And it's a two-way street. We have a role and the Holy Spirit has a role. It's our job to actively seek to, um, you know, internalize, to meditate on the word of God, to keep the truth of his word in front of us at all times. 
and or to, to meditate on his word day and night, um, as it says, and to pray to God for wisdom. And then what he does is he opens the eyes of our hearts and helps us to understand this in new ways so that we don't just agree with it in our minds, but it really sinks down deep into our core and transforms us from the inside out, sinks into our hearts. And and so I, I just wanted to say it's, it's definitely, there's a dual responsibility there, but it is our job. It is our job to meditate on the word of God day and night, to keep it in front of us, to remind ourselves of it. And there's lots of ways to do that. You can write it on note cards. You can, um, like, uh, like I've talked about this podcast recently, write out declarations and just make sure those declarations are rooted in the word of God. And I always encourage you to find an associated scripture to tie to the declaration that you read with the declaration. Um, but anyway, so, um, that was a little bit of an aside, but let me come back here. Let's flip over to back to Matthew here. Um, Matthew chapter, just to give you another example of, of what I'm talking about here. So Matthew chapter six, um, Matthew 6, here in uh, beginning in verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, and, and before I read this, let me explain what I'm doing here. Um, this is another example of just the very thing that we're talking about. And I just, I, as I'm reading through this, um, pay attention, see if you can catch it. So Matthew 6, 25 through 34, Jesus says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore... Do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So did you catch it? Did you see? Did you see how thoughts are connected to emotions and how informing ourselves with the truth will uh, affect what we're feeling? And so uh, just just to quickly, I'm not going to go all the way back through this because that would take a long time and there's so much to say, but... What's being said here, Jesus is telling us not to be anxious about, what's he describing? Like the basic necessities of life, food, water, and and clothing. And he gives the examples of the birds and points out, and what's the truth? You know, God feeds the birds and we are more valuable than they, than the birds are. Um, He says, are you not of more value than they? So then, you know, down in, um, then he gives the example of the lilies of the field and how God clothes them. And then he says, you know, basically the, the implication is, um, you know, and you're, you're more valuable than flowers, than plants. And so Jesus, he says, I mean, he says, uh, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. And so then here in verse 31, he says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? But then listen here for the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all. That's the truth. The truth is that our heavenly father knows that we need these things. That's the truth. Our heavenly father knows that we need them all. He's our father. He loves us. He, you know, and he, he, well, he's our father, you know, 
if if we're born again and have placed our faith and trust in Jesus, I mean, because the Bible makes it clear um, that uh, those who are children of God are those who have believed in 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 Jesus' name, who have put their faith and their trust in Him, and you can see that in John one twelve and thirteen. So if you're not a child of God, you can change that today. Absolutely, there's in fact there's no need to delay. You can l- go back and listen to episode twenty four of this podcast entitled "The Gospel," and it's all about how one can um, experience. Uh, uh, be in a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, for those of us who are his children, he's our father. He takes care of us. He provides for us. Um, Jesus said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. He says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And so, well, you see how the thoughts are connected to emotions here? You see how the emotion of anxiety is connected to the 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 thoughts about Things like, oh no, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? The, the thought, the implied thought here is, we're not going to have something to eat. We're not going to have something to drink. We're not going to have basic necessities. And Jesus is saying, your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. He knows that you need them. And if we could say to that right there, it's like, okay, God knows that I need these things. He sees them, and you know, here He says, "I like I just need to seek God. I need to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then I can trust that all these things will be added to me. That the Lord is going to take care of me." And um, and what was that result in? It's going to result in you know not being anxious about tomorrow. And this isn't just you know when you think about basic necessities, and this applies across the board because you'll meet people who are very very wealthy who are still super stressed out about finances. And so you begin to see it's not actually amount the dollar. It's not about the dollar amount because you'll find somebody who has a lot of wealth who's very anxious about money, and you'll find somebody who does not have much wealth who is not anxious about money. So it's not about the actual number here. And so we just need to remind ourselves of the truth here. And so as we remind ourselves of the truth, it'll affect the emotions that we feel. And so, like I said earlier, our emotions reflect what we are thinking. Our emotions will be indicators of what we're of the thoughts that we're thinking, even if we're not aware of the thoughts we're thinking. And this this thing from Matthew six here in the Sermon on Mount, this is just an example to illustrate this point again. Just like we saw with Peter on the water, where it's uh, this emotion of fear and him beginning to sink under the water, were connected to the thoughts he was feeling in the, in the lack of or the, the thoughts he was having and the lack of trust he had in the Lord. And so, I mean, if we are feeling panic, anxiety, worry, and all these sorts of things, we have to ask ourselves the question: Is there some area where I'm not trusting God? Is there some area where I'm just really not trusting him? And, and uh, in fact, let me flip over here to um, Psalm 56, uh, verses 3 and 4. It says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? And so what we're talking about, it's... it's we. <laughs> We're talking about reminding ourselves of the truth of God's word here. I mean, I could flip over here to um, Psalm 42, uh, Psalm 42, verse 11, if I could flip the pages, um, which says, Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so... I really hope that just through this the episode to this point that you've seen the connection of um, our thoughts and our emotions and that if we find ourselves sinking though and really, really struggling, then we should ask ourselves, is there some area where I'm not trusting God? And listen, I'm not trying to oversimplify um, what could be complicated issues. I know that, you know, people battling with emotions, um, there can be... Um, various helpful changes that people could make, even things down to like diet and exercise that could really help with emotions. And I'm certainly uh, completely 
I mean, I think that, you know, the Lord designed us as we're, we're physical beings. Like he, you know, even in the garden before the fall, we had physical bodies, you know, and they weren't subject to death and decay like they are now. That's, you know, the result of sin. And, but my point is just this, um, there are a lot of things to take into consideration. Are you eating well? Are you sleeping well? Are you exercising? Lots of things like that. I mean, you may need to, you know, it would be, could be helpful to go even see a, a, a solid Christian counselor. But my point is just this. When you're feeling these emotions, you need to ask yourself and just to look in the mirror and, and ask the Lord and say, God, is there somewhere that I'm not trusting you? Why are there, you know, recurring bouts of anxiety, fear, worry, anything, whatever the emotion may be? And so what I want to do in just the, the brief remainder of our time left is flip over is flip over to um Philippians 4. Now, I mentioned with the declaration that I read uh, that Philippians 4, 8 was the passage that I had associated with the declaration that I shared earlier in this um, episode. And this, this, these two verses, Philippians 4, 8, and 9, um, and specifically verse 8, can be like training wheels for, for thinking. In fact, I have a, a document where I was jotting down some thoughts about this very passage, and um, one of the things that I wrote was just a very brief prayer, and it just says, Lord, teach me how to think. And so Paul here, at the end of um, Philippians chapter 4, I'm going to read verses 8 and 9, he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now, I mean, just really quickly, um, I, I do I do find it interesting that we're talking about um, our he's ta- he's talking to us about what we should be thinking about. He lists out those eight qualities and he says think about these things. And then in the next verse he talks about the God of peace being with us. And um, and so I, again I just I'm connecting there uh, this this whole thing of peace and and the thoughts that are going through our mind here. So I'm not going to go through this entire list. And there's eight qualities here. And, you know, originally when I was trying to organize all this, I was trying to go in the direction of let's go through all eight of these qualities. And, and I just did not feel like that was the direction that the Lord was leading me for this time. And it would be, of course, a really good and worthy exercise. Um, but we're just going to look at the first one and um, just look at the first one very quickly. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is true. Um, that is a great question to ask yourself. So, if you, which is when you have a thought into your mind. Uh, and so if, if you're thinking a thought, if a thought comes into your mind, um, one of the questions you should ask yourself is, is this true? In fact, I read a good quote about this, um, uh, this, this very verse here, and uh, I've got it written down right here, so I want to pull it up. Uh, it says, and I just thought this was really, really good and insightful. It says, when a thought comes racing into or slithers into your mind, begin the test by asking, is it true? And what I like so much about that is how the, the author put in parentheses here, or slithers into. When a thought comes racing into or slithers into your mind, begin the test by asking, is it true? And so what's the implication here? Of course, when it says slithers, I mean, that's going to be pointing kind of to the enemy because, you know, he, um, he, he, uh, he, was the in the form of the serpent in the garden, and so the idea is this: Listen, just because a thought comes racing into your mind doesn't. I, what does spiritual warfare look like? It is so often 
you know, takes place in the mind. And so, you know, the enemy is called the, Jesus calls him the father of lies in John eight forty four, And so we have to realize that he operates in the realm of deception. And so we just have to, but regardless of whether, you know, uh, whether it's the, the enemy trying to get us to believe a lie, or if it's just kind of the, the way that we've chosen to train ourselves to think just kind of over the course of our lives, we need to start filtering our thoughts through this question. Is what I'm thinking true? Is it true? And, um, and, or, or is it, or is it not true? So now on how do we determine what's true? Well, and the word of God is true. Um, in fact, Jesus, uh, even described, remember when he said in, in John 14, six, where he says that, uh, he is the way, the truth and the life. And so if we're looking and measuring whether or not something is true, then we need to hold that thought up to um, the word and character of God and just really ask the question, what does God have to say about this thought? Now, this is going to require us to know his word. And now we're kind of back to declarations again, because this, these things are training wheels where it's like, okay, I've done the, I've done the work and I found a scripture that speaks specifically to this thing. And I'm going to say it over and over again and remind myself of the truth. And like we, like I said, a lot of times we're not even exactly sure what it is that we're thinking. We can just identify what we're feeling. So we might have to work backwards because, I mean, it's like, um, okay, so if we, like, for example, in Isaiah 26, 3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. If you're walking through your day and you're plagued with anxieties and tormenting fears and, and worries, that's far from perfect peace. Right. And so I, and I'm just, and there's plenty of scriptures we could use. I'm just Isaiah 26, three is just so clear. I mean, he even here in Philippians four, just a few verses up in verses uh, six and seven, Paul said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so it's like, okay, if you're walking around and you're finding yourself feeling, just, you know, anxious, and it's kind of just this debilitating, distracting, tormenting thing. You have to, and, and you're not walking in peace, you need to start asking questions like, well, what, what am I feeling? You know, what is happening here? What thoughts am I thinking that are leading to these emotions? And, uh, and you know, because, for example, Jesus said in John 10, 10, uh, in the second way, or I'm sorry, second half of the verse, rather, he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The whole verse says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I mean, in in John, just a few chapters later, in that exact same um, book, in John 16, uh, 33, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And so the peace that's being described here is a peace that surpasses I mean, even our circumstances, even when the circumstances are rough, there is this peace. And now we're kind of back to the image of Peter walking on the water. The circumstances were nuts, but when his eyes were on Jesus, when he was trusting him, when there wasn't this, this doubt and being pulled to and fro, it was, it was underneath his feet. And he was walking with Jesus on the water. And so, you know, just start by asking the question of, is this true? Is this thought that I'm thinking true? And just asking God for wisdom, saying, Lord, show me even what it is that I'm thinking, any lies that I may be believing, because I want to walk in in the freedom that, you know, you've purchased, that you've promised. Because, I mean, the enemy, my goodness, the enemy will seek to distract us with all sorts of debilitating emotions. Um, I mean, guilt, shame, anxiety, worry, all these sorts of things. And, and they end up being distractions from the things of God. And so just asking the question, is it true? And so, like I said, we could go through all the items in this list, but I, I mean, but if you were to take a thought and just run it through the grid of these eight qualities here, you'd know pretty quickly 
whether or not the, the thought meets the test. So if there's some sort of, suppose you find yourself feeling anxious and then you identify the thought behind it, you could just ask like, okay, is this thought true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? You know, and, or is, is it, is it worthy of praise? And, you know, and, and you just, by going through that, even without doing a deep detailed study of each of the words, that's going to really clarify things a whole lot. And, you know, I do think it's interesting where Paul says what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me practice these things and the God of peace will be with, uh, will be with you. This is to be a repetitive, ongoing daily, not one time sort of thing. We put it into practice. And so my point is just this. When it comes to our thoughts, we have to just boil it down to this. Am I trusting God? Am I trusting God or am I sinking? And so I just want to encourage you guys with this thought. Um, Listen, like I shared in last week's episode, God has prepared good works for you guys to do. I mean, you there is an impact for you to make in this world. There are lives that the Lord wants to change through you. There are things he wants to do. There are wounds that he wants to heal through you. And because the Lord works through his people. And I just don't want you to be distracted. I just don't want you to be distracted by... Um, you know, like Peter, like the, the wind and the waves. I don't want you to be distracted by emotions that don't have their origin and truthful thoughts. I want you to be able to look at an emotion, look at a thought and just say, no, 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 no. This is what the truth is. This is what it looks like to trust God in this circumstance. And then if the thought is not a, a trusting thought, a thought uh, that's trusting the Lord, that you just chuck it. You're like, this isn't from God. And so um, I want that for you. I want that for you and I want that for the kingdom. Um, because the abundant life is not living in, in defeat. Um, it, you know, the, the Bible talks about how we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, right? So, um, I hope this encourages you. I hope that it's landing. I hope that it's clear and that it makes sense. Um, and I hope that it encouraged you guys. And so as always, I, I, I really hope that it does and that you can walk away from this time saying, you know, I really feel like the Lord just spoke to me. So thank you guys so much for listening. If anybody feels led to give to this ministry, uh, I just want to talk about the Bible is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means that all gifts are indeed tax deductible. So if you feel led to give, uh, instructions on how to do so can be found in the description of this episode. But as always, I hope that you guys are doing well. God bless you, my friends.